guys, uh, Orange Gorilla here, and here we are for our new episode of the podcast, uh, The Gorilla Game Plan with Abhivyakti Ahuja. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Abhivyakti? Oh, hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for the introduction, Human. I am the founder of Aphrodite. It is an AI-based ad tech tool to predict how ads are going to perform before they are launched. Uh, which takes up most of my day, but other than that, I love dancing and I'm also a hobbies actor, so you might have seen me somewhere else. Uh, cool. But yeah, uh, the Aphrodite is my uh, company, it's my baby, and I spend most of my day doing that. Nice. So it is your baby, Aphrodite. It's a really cool name. It's uh, Greek inspired, I'm assuming, and it has a little bit of a wordplay for those of you who don't know. It's A-I-P-H-R-O-D-I-T-E dot A-I. So um, what is Aphrodite and how did it come about? Uh, so it really came about as me annoying my co-founder. <laughs> He is really, really passionate about uh, creator economy and supporting creators. And uh, we were looking into how creators don't have anything to pretty much test their content before it is produced. Uh, and I kept annoying him to help me select pictures for my Instagram. So we were looking into building a solution, but sort of landed upon a problem where we were both marketing directors for our campus clubs and had to make ads one day and we're just again i was annoying him going to his room again and again and asking hey does this ad look good should i change this should i change that and realized that while yes creators don't have anything to test their content and we still have a uh, creator uh, feature in our or creator tier in our platform, we wanted to solve the problem of A-B testing before because billions of dollars are spent on testing the ads every year. And we've been doing that for 20 years and we still don't know why an ad performs well or why it doesn't after waiting for like two weeks for the results to trickle in. So we created this AI platform which tells you which ad is going to perform well but we are also working on a new feature to tell you exactly why something's working and what's not working. So yeah, that's how Aphrodite came to be. And the name was chosen by William, my co-founder, who wanted people to choose beautiful content, beautiful ads, and uh, just depend with goddess of beauty. And every AI company needs to have AI in their name, right? So we shoved an AI in there. Of course, of course, of course. So you said some very cool things that I'd like to unpack. We'll take it from the top. Uh, you said university and you said club. So why don't you go ahead and tell us, are you still in university? What year and what club was this? What university are you from? Uh, yeah, so me and both of my co-founders, actually, we went to University of Toronto. We are not in school anymore. We went, uh, graduated 2021. Uh, the clubs in question, I was uh, director of marketing for women in computer science, stat and math. My cool. co-founder was also a marketing director for uh, TEDx and uh, he also has marketing experience from some nonprofits in New York. I believe one of them is NYDYCD, but I might nice. be misremembering the acronym. <laughs> 
That's fine. I completely understand. Uh, cool thing to add here. I was also, uh, so I went to Western and uh, for those of you who don't know who are listening now, and I was also marketing director for two clubs at Western. Uh, one of them was the Western Punjabi Association because uh, I'm Punjabi and I was part of WPA. Um, and the second one was Wixa, which is a uh, Western Indian cultural student association but they were mainly a dance group um so yeah i i did marketing for both of those two so i know how you feel uh going through that process definitely i am punjabi as well and you know all indian clubs needs to be, need to be you know dance clubs yes um i mainly partied <laughs> and i mainly hosted parties which is why my marketing skills are so great um <laughs> But yeah, it, it was it was a fun time. Anyways, uh, moving on to Aphrodite, now that you're not in school and neither am I, um, you said that Aphrodite has an AI feature to tell you when an ad performs well, and it will also be able to tell you exactly why it's performing well. So what is this AI actually looking at? Is it the back end of the creative? Is it also the wording that goes into ads? and the copy, or is it looking at which one's performing better out in the market? And how then does it go from saying, okay, this one's performing well in the market and better, which something like Instagram can do today or Meta can do today with its uh, you know, backend system, but how does it more so find why it's doing so well? Yep. So, I mean, if you, put up the ad that is performing well in the mar uh, market today. We we are a predictive platform. We do mm -hmm. not uh, look at the ads that are already launched. We, we come before that. We want to eliminate A-B testing. We don't want you to wait two weeks on running ads to test them before launching. So mm -hmm. you could always put the ad that is already in the market to see how what we are predicting. Uh, okay why it's going to be doing well but uh, we come in a process of a marketers i guess from inception to putting out an ad we are way before you not way before we are right before you launch a campaign to test it uh what it's looking at so we actually ask our advertisers who are going to be using the platform to select their target audience so a lot of the why comes from what the consumer's preferences are. There's also a visual component. You mentioned a little bit about if you're looking at text or copy, we do not do that. I think ChatGPT has everyone covered on what is a good copy, what is not. We are really focusing on the visual aspects of an ad and what is engaging because uh, we believe just visual aspect is what catches the attention first. It is what engages and then right. you start reading. So uh, we focus on that, uh, the visual, the aesthetics, uh, I mean, aesthetics is part of it. It's not the whole thing, but uh, yeah, cons what consumer preferences are, for example, Gen Z super into maximalism. And if it's a maximalist ad, it is bound to capture Gen Z attention more than say, for example, a millennial, the whole dusty rose, gold, pink, uh, and pastels. <laughs> so it really depends Marvel. what preferences are we definitely train the model uh by our uh, different audiences so it will pick up on that and why doing that it is still a uh, feature under development so i cannot mm -hmm. give a full answer we are experimenting until we are fully happy with it 
we won't put it out. But part of it is part of that actually brings me to my neuroscience degree a little bit as well. I studied computer science and neuroscience. So we are looking into what our brain responds to most. Uh, that is under experimentation. My other co-founder, Thompson, which I haven't mentioned, is also a highly published machine learning engineer. So he's going through uh, tens of thousands of criteria or parameters or vectors, what it's called in actual machine learning, on what vectors are performing well with what audience group. So for example, uh, let's say you your target audience is Gen Z soccer players. How much of the ad is going to resonate with soccer players versus how much of what percentage of the ad is uh, targeting Gen Z? I mean, it could resonate. It, the ad can be seen by soccer players who are in their 50s and a percentage of that ad will also cater towards them but it's it's really an amalgamation of uh different audience that you want to put out and how much it's resonating with them that's very cool and it genuinely is unfortunately your other co-founders were not able to be here today but i would love to interview them one more time and get an idea of um you know what models are you guys using and how are you training the ai and actually diving deeper into you know the machine learning and the ai part um i don't know if you can answer that i mean obviously you're a computer science and you're a science major so you're very smart and i'm sure you're able to tackle those questions so let me ask you one how really is it that you're training this model to be able to tell that hey gen z's preferences are this 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 like xyz and millennials prefer abc and if the like if a tar ad has to target both those how would it predict that and how does it come about with an answer so uh yeah looking at just past data right there's tons of data available on ads everywhere like you open instagram for example and you'll see like 10 ads within first two minutes so there's tons of data. We have seen what is, uh, so there's a lot of public data and also uh, data from academic sources uh, where it mm -hmm. has been studied on what resonates with people. We have just trained that data and took that data and trained the model to pick up on what is working and what isn't. So our model just goes through, uh, in simple words, uh, let's say, uh, pink color uh, millennial, like, Red color millennials do not like them. So our model is able to pick up on these aspects because there are so many uh, vectors in the model looking at color, lighting, uh, I guess product placement, uh, name of the brand placement. There are like hundreds of, uh, hundreds of thousands of vectors in it. So we see what is resonating with different audience because we are training the data from different audience. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we are able to do that and we are constantly building out more and more uh, target audience groups and personas, uh, what we call them, like personas are just different audiences. Uh, cool. It is <laughs> nowhere close to being done because you can go one layer down, another tier down constantly, right? It's not just soccer players, it's then local soccer players, it's uh, soccer, uh, soccer players playing for like a, a provincial league, then a yeah. national league. So it, it's, it, we are just going uh, niche by niche, 
pretty much every day and training the data and see what is working and what's not just based on the past successes and failures of the ads for them. Very cool. So it's it's very interesting that you say that. Now I'm curious, what is your major role in the company and, and what do you usually, what's your day-to-day -day like and what do you manage? Uh, so it's still a small team. Uh, mm -hmm. it's just, uh, me and my co-founder so luckily i don't have to manage people too much <laughs> they are very dedicated are able to uh, but uh, it's everything being a small team uh, all of us are doing everything if i'm going by official titles uh, yeah. i am the ceo uh, okay. which also means i and marketing the company a lot, right. talking to the customer. I'm the main interface between customers and uh, you know uh, rest of my co-founders or even investors. Uh, my day-to-day -day looks like a lot of meetings. And uh, then at night when I am done with the meetings, I start to code. Very nice. So you're doing basically everything, but I'm glad you brought up marketing. So we can talk a little bit about that because uh, you know we're a marketing company and we love hearing about what new founders and CEOs are doing to get exposure. Now, obviously, uh, we started talking on the Collision app, uh, which was for the Collision conference. Unfortunately, I was not able to meet you there, but uh, you were there with your team. And uh, that's pro uh, that's one way to get the word out about your company. But uh, what are some other cool events or other cool strategies that you guys are using to market Aphrodite? And um, yeah, then we'll, then we'll come on to the website. There's a couple of questions I have about that as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, LinkedIn has been working out great being a B2B company. Uh, we definitely need to get in touch with decision makers at ad agencies or brands. So mm -hmm. I, I think LinkedIn is uh, the go-to for creators. Actually, we were able to get in touch with some on Instagram while we were just testing out the product. Uh, we haven't been actively marketing, toward, uh, marketing towards creators just yet. We are mainly mm -hmm. focusing on the B2B side. Um, so yeah, I, I would say LinkedIn has been the uh, really good. And yeah, you mentioned Collision. Uh, that was really, really good in terms of getting sure out there. We were able to get attention from some bigger players. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Collision. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Collision was great for everyone in attendance. I think no one uh, there regrets or uh, even says that it's a waste of time. It's it's a great experience, and I would highly suggest every one of the listeners to go and attend Collision next year. It's a little expensive, but it's definitely worth it. Now, on the website, you have a demo up, so everyone listening to this podcast can uh, potentially go on the website and upload a picture or a pose that they might be thinking of, and. Why don't you talk us through the process and what exactly they have to do and what happens? Yeah, so all you have to do is select your target audience. Mm -hmm. uh, the demo we put up for Collision was just a one persona. That was just me, a Gen Z female in, you know, uh, who likes to travel, who is adventurous, uh, likes fashion and beauty. And then we were uh, going through different, I guess, photo sets of ads. So we uh, pretty much put out like a makeup brand, a beer brand, and how it's going to 
perform with that given audience. It was just a mm -hmm. demo, but anyway, all you have to do is select your target audience, uh, select your ad creative. Right now we are supporting pictures, but uh, mm -hmm. in two months we will be supporting video as well. So you can select your TikTok ads, your uh, Instagram reel ads, your hopefully shorter YouTube ads. <laughs> So we'll be supporting that and uh, we will uh, give you a score based on how much uh, engagement or traction we think it will get. And uh, again, two th in two, three months, you will be able to get the explainability feature as well on why we think or uh, this ad is good or bad, uh, how much, what percentage of uh, audience it is resonating with versus not. Yeah. So um, you didn't know this, but I went ahead and uploaded the Gorilla Game Plan podcast cover to that demo, um, and it worked. So congratulations on that. It works. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I got a score of three, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's out of but ten, so I mean... That's not would... great. So yeah. I might have to change my Gorilla Game Plan cover then. Um, maybe, but it's also... <laughs> The demo was preset to the collision one, so maybe the, that's not your audience. Maybe so, it's not. No, um, I can definitely. Let's have a conversation about that off camera. I would love to learn more about what yeah. this can do for smaller creators. And on that note, do you think you're going to open it up to smaller creators, smaller companies that are not huge ad agencies that have huge budgets? I understand it's a B2B business, but sometimes those B2B business models can also be, you know, converted or adapted uh, into a different form for D2C or B2C yeah, uh, applications. So what are your thoughts on that for the future? Absolutely, not even future. I guess yeah, future, but very near future. As I mentioned, we were we started as something to solve for creators and pivoted just because market demand was there. But yeah. we still are very, very passionate about uh, supporting the creators and want to do this. We have. Uh, we are going to be opening a tier uh, with for creators that is going to be much, much cheaper, yeah. but limited uh, target audience that you can choose. Uh, and there's also going to be a free tier where you can't select a target audience, but uh, it's just for like general public, right? What is visually engaging to a general, any random person from the street? Uh, yeah, that is going to be a free tier as well. We are just finalizing the product out. We, were, we demoed it at Collision. so. We are like oh, not even a full week since we uh, launched them. Right. Yeah, we are just ironing out the uh, last few details before we start onboarding the customers and actually put the product online. Right. Well, that's still pretty cool that I'm able to go demo it and get a score of three, but like, you know, that's fine. I, I get it. I'm not the greatest graphic designer and I'll take that. But on that note, uh, I'm curious, how does Aphrodite uh handle variables such as like you know different target demographics you've already talked about but also cultural nuances and um specifically evolving market trends because i'm assuming you guys train data manually right now um so how where does that come into play 
Yeah, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, one of the things we are, there's so much on our backlog. I know I'm going to say um, we're working on this, we're working on that, but definitely real-time learning is uh, something we are actively working on. Like okay. As of right now, my other mm -hmm. co-founders are working on that because we know market trends are something. And the one benefit that Aphrodite uh, provides is that it is sort of a tool marketers can use to stay on top of the trends it's impossible whenever you upload something it changes the trend it mm -hmm. pushes a trend pushes the trend in one or another direction so we are uh doing real-time learning even though the learning isn't automated mm -hmm. we are training it manually pretty much every other day so we that are is, already on top of it that's um, exactly the answer I wanted to hear from you because you brought up something really cool that will bring me on to my next question now. Uh, are you guys taking into account any potential biases or limitations in the predictive AI features? Yes, uh, I mean, uh, being, uh, let's go by like Instagram advertising, uh -huh. fashion is a huge one there. Uh, and with fashion, there are a lot of biases that promote a certain type of body uh, type or certain skin color, we are very cognizant of that. We have ensured that our AI never pushes uh, any, I guess, beauty standard or uh, mm -hmm. political opinions or yeah. cultural nuances. I mean, uh, I don't know if I should say this on camera, but if you put up a Nazi flag on our platform, we will not give it a high score. We are very aware of what's wrong and what's not. And we are being careful because uh, there was a study done where even Facebook was pushing, uh, there was, a, I think, an audience group of uh, right wing uh, yep. Nazi sympathizers, and uh, they were getting a lot of yeah, we're we're very cognizant of all the biases, cultural nuances, uh, and uh, negative trends that exist, and we are making sure that none of that gets uh, a high percentage. Or like in in the previous example about body types, we completely disregard that uh, no sing, single body type would get yeah. a high percentage or not. And that's great to hear, considering you're, you know, Indian and from a minority yourself, having grown up in a place like Canada, uh, you know, that is such a melting pot of different cultures. It's great to see Canadian co-founders and CEOs and Canadian companies in general being so cognizant of how they train their AI models and being careful and inclusive and trying to have the most fair outcome now i'm curious it, you can analyze why a post would do well so i'm assuming you can also analyze what post wouldn't do well now when a post cannot do well or has a low score will the software also be able to give insights and recommendations on how to make it better is that something you guys are thinking of bringing up now i know you're a startup and you've already said multiple times you're working on things and i don't want to keep forcing you to go the same route but i'd love to hear what your plans are just because i'm so no, curious and it's such a great I product think, uh, that is uh on the plate as well mm -hmm. if there's a low score i mean we have to tell you right why we uh, we are spitting out a certain prediction of this ad is better than this one. So we have to right. tell you why this one's worse or why this is getting a score of three. 
next step to that is adding how you can get it up to a score of eight or a score of 10. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are, uh, we will be implementing that. And I think that also comes into play with a lot of generative AI tools that exist. They can give you uh, a really good uh, ad already, but you don't know if that ad is going to work well or not. And also why something's working or not. So if, uh, if like uh, Dolly gives you a really good ad, but we are scoring it three and we mm -hmm. need you to say, put the product not in the top right corner, instead in the bottom left, just as mm -hmm. an example, uh, that is something we want to uh, tell you eventually. So you can go and change. Cool, very cool. Now that is something I'm excited about because that'll tell me why my Gorilla Game Plan podcast cover is not the best and I can actually work on it. So I'll reach out to you for that. Thank you for chatting with us. It's been great. If there's anything else you'd like to tell the listeners slash viewers, um, this is your time to do that. Uh, I mean, I'm really excited for everyone to come, uh, you know, check out Aphrodite. It's A-I-P-H-R-O-D-I-T-E dot A-I. Uh, yeah, play around with the demo. We are going to be live soon. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, anywhere. And let me know your thoughts on it. Thank <laughs> you.